a podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Welcome back to The Grind, a church planning podcast featuring practical tips, missional strategies, and personal stories to bring you insights and encouragement. Coming to you fresh from Little Rock, here's your hosts, Dave McClung and Neil Scoggins. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the grind, ladies and gentlemen. This is our third, third number look, three, number three. No, yeah, yeah, but man. it will be number one in our hearts that, when you hear. Oh, oh, yeah. Who our guest is? Oh, yeah. Now let me let me just say this, Dave. You you've searched far and wide. And, far and uh, wide. Yeah, yeah. Well, that too. <laughs> you've ridden far wide and ridden motorcycles. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It was going to be real good, and you've 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 gotten some some top notch guests. Yep. Yep. Um, on the salary, the budget that the grind has, yep, which is nothing, which is zero. <laughs> there you go. That's why we pay for our own water. That's right. Uh, but today, top notch, buddy. I know it. You, I know now, it. Now I've said that before. Yeah. You, no. You no. Say it never. About, you say it about every guest. No. Actually. Yeah, yeah. You do. Okay. But let me say something different. This is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> No, no, I'm kidding. I said that last I time, said but that this last is week, my but favorite really, this episode one, ever. No, but this one, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> this is somebody that I look up to and I want to be like, not in every way, because I can't make my hair that way. No, you, no. Yeah. But you, I, you can't flip the hair. Yeah. Like no, she oh, can. yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, can, can our makeup crew leave now? Because it <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, hey, they didn't do any work on us. Yeah. They, no, they did. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so close to Halloween. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. No, we are. Uh, man, we are excited. We have a couple of firsts with this podcast. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to call you First Lady from now on. I'll take it. I'll there you take go. it. I'm terrified. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be scared. Yeah. Well, when, we, scared. when we approached her about being on the podcast, she's like, no, 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 no. Right. And I said, Jesus has willed it. He revealed it to me in a dream that you need to be the First Lady on the grind. So, so we have, so not only Andrea Lennon is with us. Thank you so much. So excited to be here. Just a tad bit terrified. Just a tad. Why do people? Yeah. People say that. I don't oh, know. I it's it's because of you. It, it's it's it? all Neil. Yeah, you're scary. <laughs> hey, Dave. I feel like I do need to tell this quick story, and then we'll get back to this introduction. But you know, you called me about either this or something else, and somehow in the process of that conversation, I said, "Hey, the Lord must be in this." And you said, "Yeah, you just signed up." So that's about how it worked. I think. That's right. That's right. Hey, that's anytime, goes, man. anytime somebody gives me an opening like that, I'm taking it. You know, oh, it's, it's it a, is the Lord's it, will. It was. It was. Such a weak moment on my part. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she'll never say yes to anything I ask right. again. I'm not, I'm not yeah. answering the phone. That's next right. Time. Anytime I call, it's my just God click, is Dave. Don't answer the phone. Click. Voicemail. Delete. <laughs> yeah. Dave who? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so first lady on the grind podcast, Ever. and we're going to dive into women in ministry, all that good stuff, but also. The first cross podcast interview. Yeah. So Andrea has a uh, a podcast on women's ministry and leadership called Inspire it's on, on the, the Go. go. That's yeah. right. That's so right. all you church planners out there, you need to check this out to get some insight into your ladies and how to raise up women in ministry and encourage them in ministry. And so uh, so we're excited to have that first cross podcast kind of interview as well. So when I had that idea, actually, I never thought about the fact that you guys would now be also on Inspire on the Go. So I I'm know. like. 
processing through that right now. This is going to be so fabulous. We're not the first guys on Inspire on the Go. No, you're not. No, we're we're way down the list. I I bet (laughs) you I'm the only guy with no hair. I bet you are. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the first man. That's saying. worth I'm noting. That's Perhaps it. we should hashtag that. Yeah, yeah. hashtag first, first man. man. First man. No, yeah. First bald man. First bald man. That's it. Yeah. In case you guys haven't seen Neil, he has no hair. Yeah, no, no, no. And no, I have hair. It's just it's hidden. hidden. Well, as uh, Stephen Davis told me a while ago, he just grew too tall for his hair. That's right. He just grew yeah, right just out of the top of it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's all on my face. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Now, we're excited to have Andrea on, and, and I'm going to dive into all things kind of uh, women ministry, women's leadership, you know, how in church plants we can uh, equip and elevate and plug in. Uh, you know, really, let's just go ahead and be honest. The better half of any congregation oh, you, you know like seriously. the most creative the most insightful the most reflective and uh we, we just got you've heard it that. here first oh right? absolutely absolutely yeah and so uh so nobody argue with me on that or i'll punch you yes yeah. <laughs> no he, he means it yeah yeah, yeah and it. i really am excited about that conversation because i think Church planners have an incredible opportunity to be trailblazers when it Absolutely. comes to women in ministry. Absolutely. So we'll get there. Well, and, and here's the thing about church planning. You know, the reality is, is, is not only in church plans does everybody get a place to play, everybody has to play. That's, That's right. right. And, uh, or, or the church plan doesn't survive. Yeah. Coming and, out of the uh, box, they have a place to play. Exactly. And it's necessary. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. Instead of waiting for some magical yeah. moment that, yeah. oh, yeah, by the way, now we need you. <laughs> no, yeah. no, day one, That's we right. need you. And two, like in church planting world, you're ecstatic. You're establishing the culture there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so you really have a chance to just take it to the next level. Set when the it comes DNA to, from the beginning. Right, women in ministry. Yeah. So excited well, about that. And, and, and no church planner does it by himself. I mean, it's a team with he and his wife always, right. every time, every place, every situation. And so you just... You know, vital vital roles to play there, and yeah. so good stuff. So, so let's kind of kick off and, and talk about your ministry journey. Uh, you know, leading up to and including kind of your role with ABSC sure. and women's ministry and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was trying to think, where do you start? Right. <laughs> if, I wondered if I go back to the day of my birth. If you immediately think this was a bad idea, I was a wee child. <laughs> I was a, I was a, a young one. Uh, but I do want to mention a little portion of my story because I think it's so important to understand the context of my story, and that is the day I was born. March 11th, 1976, I was placed up for adoption. Mm. And so uh, I don't know a lot about my birth story. I don't know a lot about um, my birth family. I don't know anything about my birth family, actually. Uh, But I do know that in the days leading up to my adoption and following my adoption, that there were four different sets of adoption papers that were done on me. And, you know, for many years, I think that was kind of hard because it felt a little bit out of control. But now in my different perspective, the God perspective, I think that is the most beautiful part of the beginning of my story because you see God in his sovereignty, his providence, his plan, placing me in the right place at the right time with yeah. the right people for his right purposes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to have a good view of our story. We have to have a God-sized view of our story. We have to be grounded in truth. And if we're not, then let me tell you something, the enemy, he will be in the middle of that and he will be using our story, which God meant, you know, to leverage for his glory yeah. as actually a distraction in our in our journey. And yeah. I think that's probably what happened for yeah. me. So early on, I was raised in church. I loved going to church. Um, church was a safe place for me. It was a place where I was at home in every sense of the way. I met Christ early. It was at a revival, you know, old yeah, school old revival. School. 
you testify. know, testify time. That's right. <laughs> at First Baptist Church in Paris, Arkansas. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I was six years old and it was kids night. And so that meant, you know, uh, Great value <laughs> chips, red Kool-Aid, and great wait, value wait, hot dogs. Hold on, wait, yes. wait, hold, hold on. Yes. White people have red Kool-Aid? Absolutely. Yeah, really? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm in the right place. You're in the right place. <laughs> Every kid's so. walking in with a big red mustache. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's Girls right. included. That's right. That's right. And so uh, it was there at, at that particular revival that I heard the gospel message, the simple gospel message that Jesus loved me, that he had a plan for my life, that he came to, to die uh, in my place, and that I could have a relationship with God based upon Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And to the best of my understanding, as a six-year-old little girl, I placed all all of my faith, all of my trust in Christ. And I was so on fire for Jesus. Uh, I remember whenever the evangelist said, if you want to make this decision, come to the front. I was the first one down there. Yeah, right. And uh, I was ready to surrender my life to Christ. And I was all in. Uh, later on in life, I, I, I really think as I look back now and have the ability to process things, I was really good at church, you know? I was really good at yeah, yeah. doing the church thing. I was really good at understanding the Bible, and I got an identity from that mm -hmm. that was really more about me than the Lord. Yeah. And so uh, God, of course, in his goodness and grace redeems everything, yeah. but we have to just process through that. And so in my junior high years and in my high school years, I, I was just all, I was the Jesus girl, and yeah. I did it really well, and I got a lot of attention from adults, you know, by doing that. Yeah. I was led my first committee committee when I was 16 years old. I was uh, in Bible <laughs> studies uh, with women's ministry at my local church and was just receiving all kinds of attention. And, and through that process, it became more about me than him. And that is a dangerous trap for us yep. in, in, in our walks with Christ because it really does put us on the throne. And just as easily as, you know, we get there because it's about us, we'll get off because it's about us. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. God called me first time. You're going to hear this number rise uh. as we go through the process. <laughs> the first time God called me to ministry, and I wasn't quite sure what it meant, but I was watching a uh, a Bible study teacher, maybe uh, you're familiar with Kay Arthur. She, yeah. Did, yeah. she does precept Bible yep. studies. I was a 16-year-old girl who was a part of the women's ministry at my local church, and I was watching Kay Arthur teach on the television screen. We would put the VHS tape into the VCR and pray that it worked, and then <laughs> yeah. she would show up on the screen, <laughs> yeah. and she would teach, and we were walking through um, one of the books of the Bible, and I remember watching her, and God just impressed upon my heart, not an audible voice but just impressed upon my heart that that's what he was calling me to do. He yeah, was wow. preparing me yeah. to teach the word. Yeah. Now, I am really good at a lot of things, and one is telling both God and others what I can and can't do. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm pretty proficient in that yeah. area. And so the first thing I said to the Lord is that I can't do that, you yeah. know, because also a part of my story is that as a young girl, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, mm. uh, severe dyslexia. It was very hard for me to read, yeah. very hard for me to write, very hard for me to process information. Uh, and so uh, anything like that teaching was just off the table, like, yeah. thanks God for, yeah. you know, the yeah. nod, but no, yeah. no thanks, you know. And so um, I just dismissed it. I yeah. just dismissed that and went on with my life. A couple of years later, I was 18 years old. I was graduating from high school, and I was at a Sunday night service. I don't know what it is about Sunday night services, but Jesus always met me there. <laughs> at a Sunday night yeah, service. Yeah, every Sunday night service. And so I was at a Sunday night service, and 
and our pastor was preaching on surrendering to vocational ministry. So now we're going to the next there we level, go. right? There we go. And I had that sense that I was the only person in the room. Now, there were so many things wrong with that, in my opinion. Number one, I did not want to surrender to vocational ministry. And here's where it ties into the beginning part of my story. Because at that point in my life, I viewed the beginning part of my story as out of control. All the different, you know, adoption pieces of that. When I turned 18, I thought in my small thinking, now I can be in control. Uh-huh. You know, gotcha. now yeah. I can decide where I go. Now yeah. I can decide what I do. Now I can decide who I'm going to be with. Like, I get to call the shots. And so when I'm 18 years old and I'm sitting in that Sunday night service and the Lord through my local pastor there is saying, I, you know, I'm calling you to vocational ministry. I was like, no, thanks again. <laughs> and I remember that the pastor said, if you're sensing a call to ministry, come to the front so we can we can pray for you. And they sang every chorus of Just As I Am. <laughs> every 73. single oh, one of man. them. And I stood oh, there man. in that pew and I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> like, I am not going. And so I didn't. Yeah. It, I did oh, not we, go. Oh, we. I had and one I, of those conversations with the Lord and then I landed <laughs> up in jail. <laughs> well, mine doesn't end like that, so thank goodness. I was the first one out of the church that night, and I was just like not interested. Not interested. Got in my car, drove away. And um, the next week was just miserable. You know, whenever disobedience is just never fulfilling. And so uh, it was just miserable. And so I had a plan, Neil. I was like, I know how to trick God. I was very good at telling him. I know how to trick God. Yes, I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that. So I decided I would tell my pastor that I sensed that call and we would pray about it quote unquote and then yeah, I'd be off the hook you, know? you did know church I did stuff. know church stuff <laughs> I knew it I knew it so the next Sunday night once again I um, I just saw my pastor after service and I said hey can I visit with you just a second he said sure so I told him I said you know last week you preached the sermon on surrendering to call and I just sensed the Lord kind of moving in my heart and I just felt I felt like I should just let you know that and he just dropped a bomb on me after that he said I know he said because God laid that on my heart for you well now I'm like the Lord <laughs> that's just crossing the line you got called out yeah you got called out but so now I'm like okay so Lord you're not even going to talk to me about it first like like give me a chance I'm like, I'm like, and you didn't yes, listen. That's, that's right, right. <laughs> that's right and, and my pastor and this is the beauty of the story like this was a long time ago like women in ministry wasn't a thing we weren't even talking about he was so persistent and he said tomorrow morning at this time be in my office and again I'm like oh my goodness what are we going to do so I decided I would go and you know meet him for that particular appointment and he's like what what are you going to do I said well I'm going to pray like that's (laughs) what you do with that right but in my heart I'm not going I'm not going I'm not going into ministry and um so, so I left that meeting that particular Monday morning, and I walked straight into seven years of a desert wandering experience yeah, because wow. disobedience yeah. has consequences. Yeah. And here's what I want to here's what I want to point out about that is you know I went from the Bible study girl who was all about Jesus to a girl who never read her Bible, mm-hmm. never really prayed, yeah. just did her own thing. Because that's what happens when you're on the throne of your life. You'll yeah. go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I met and married my husband during that time. 
Jay knew nothing about my call to ministry. Uh-huh. I, it was not a relevant topic for us, and so he, he didn't know anything about it. He was also in his spiritual desert, and we had the goal of just living the American dream. Yeah. That was what we were going to do because that's what a, that, that made sense. Yeah. That would fulfill us, surely. That would be what, what really made an impact and difference. And so, Psych. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we set off to do that, and it was so empty. Uh, we moved to Conway, Arkansas. And we wanted friends. And this is how I love it. It's called, like, to me, I call it a conspiracy of God's grace. You know, we wanted friends. And I I remembered, you know, that I always had friends at church. And so we decided to look for a church because we wanted friends. And so we were the ultimate consumers who had our checklist Uh of all the things that we needed, you know, just perfectly in order for it to fit the church for us. And we joined, uh, we, we ended up joining Second Baptist Church in Conway. But what I love about the process is that it was at Second Baptist church that we met people who saw us for us yeah right and so when we were missing like whenever we just wouldn't show up they would call us and they would you know they would track us down and 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 jay worked with a guy named casey uh who at the gym every single day we missed you and there's a place for you and so we joined second baptist church and we got plugged into bible studies and i i started just reading the word again and it was like oh my goodness I remember, I remember the joy of my salvation that I once had. And I, one day after Bible study, I left and, and the Lord was, I was just talking to the Lord about it. I was just like, you know, Lord, where have you been? And he just w- reminded me, I wasn't, he wasn't the one who moved, you know, yeah. that I had moved. And so then I was just all in reading the scriptures, reading the scriptures, reading the scriptures. And it was then for the third time that God called me specifically to ministry. And he said, go to seminary. Yeah. Like we're wow. not messing around anymore. Now yeah. we are going straight straight to seminary. And so um, six weeks after he laid that on my heart, I was driving to my very first seminary class, uh, which was located in the downtown location of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention because um, Southwestern had an extension campus there. And I remember pulling up that very first day and thinking, Lord, if I make it through one day, surely that will count as going to seminary. (laughs) One day. I went. I went. I went. Because I was a hot mess. I was just truly a mess. I was a mess. I had dealt with my stuff from my past. I hadn't dealt with the disobedience. I was trying oh, to still do man. it on my own. So I'm going to tell you this little portion of the story because it really brings it all together and then we'll move on. Uh, that very first day, I was just trying to get through the day. And um, I was, there were two girls there, me and one other lady named Carol. And if we had played the game, which one is not like the other, Carol and I absolutely would have stood out, right? Yeah. Not, many, not many women there. And not only that, like all the other guys there, they were active in ministry. They had churches, they had ministry roles, and I just was like, Lord, this just can't be the plan that you have for me. This just can't be right. And so I, I felt like the tears coming. And like, yeah. you don't want to be the only girl at seminary, and you certainly don't want to be the girl who's crying at seminary. Yep. And so I just decided to get busy looking at the pictures on the on the walls there at um, the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. And I walked down, and I was looking at the pictures, and there was one particular particular picture right outside of the classroom where our seminary class met and it was a picture from uh, the Billy Graham crusade that took place in 1989 uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas, mm-hmm. War Memorial that. Stadium. And I remembered as I was looking at
looking at that picture uh, that my mom took me to that particular crusade. We were late that day getting, uh, uh, you know, leaving the house and getting to the actual meeting. And so there were no great seats left. So we actually had to sit at the very top of War Memorial Stadium with the other 50,000 people who were there in the stadium that particular day. And long story short, the individual who took this picture from a bird's eye view where you could see all of the 50,000 people and Billy Graham preaching there in uh, the middle of the stadium. Uh, he was actually just a few rows behind me and my mom. <laughs> and so the picture was of me and my mom That's uh, at, at that particular War Memorial Stadium at that particular crusade. And what the Lord spoke to me there was actually the foundation for everything moving forward. And that is that I've always been in the window of your life. Yeah. I've always been leading. I've always been guiding. I've always been directing. Because the hardest part of me for my adoption is that when I was in the nursery in the hospital, no one was in the window. Yeah. No mm. one was there. No one was saying, I see that baby. That yeah. one belongs to me for, for several days. And so God just healed that hurt. Yeah. And he said, I've been in the window every single day, and you need to start trusting me yeah. and stop trusting yourself. Man. Trust my plan. Trust my will. And so then I was, I was absolutely all in. But there was still a lot of sanctification that had to happen yeah. after that. I graduated from seminary. I decided to go back the next week. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and finish didn't seminary. Quit after the first day. There I didn't you go. quit. Uh, I graduated with a Master of Arts in Christian Education and then went straight into local church work, served as a minister of education at Second Baptist Church in Jacksonville, stepped out of that to start True Vine Ministry, uh, which we'll get to in just a couple of minutes, uh, and served, you know, still serving in True Vine Ministry to this day, and then added on the Women's Ministry Specialist role at the Arkansas Baptist State Convention uh, about four years ago. And yeah. so it is a packed schedule in the midst of all of that, Jay and I have two boys. Um, Jake just started college, and Andrew is a tenth grader. So it's it's Wait, just who's crazy. Who's the football player? Which one is both the of them have both played them. football. Yeah. Andrew yeah. and Jake both have enjoyed yeah. uh, football. And, and just a quick shout out that Andrew got a pick six just the other night. But yeah. you know, okay. there you go. Just yep. bringing that it's up. We'll just happen to post that on <laughs> yeah. Facebook. I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. Well, I was just yeah. sitting here thinking. So, so your first ministry position was Second Jacksonville because that's when we first met. That is where we yeah. first met. That's right. Yeah. Prior to that, I served on staff at my home church, Second Conway, Second okay. Baptist Church Conway, but not in an official capacity like right. that. So that would be my first. Like, well, kind how of, about that? I yeah. didn't realize that was, yes. uh, yeah, because we I was doing the interim youth uh, position yes. there at Second Jacksonville and, wow. and had a former... St- uh, oh, we got Robbie Tingle in the house now. Look at this. That's what happens when we do podcasts live. <laughs> and let me, say something. let me say something about Robbie Tingle because, uh-huh. Robbie, you, you set yourself up for this. That's right. Robbie Tingle was the person who gave my name to Second Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was Robbie wow. Tingle. He's also the person that I've said no to multiple times when he wanted to take me, <laughs> like, on, 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 you like, mission trips like he said Andrew I've got a trip for you no Robbie thanks so much but hey you get a you get a shout out in the book so that's right that's right (laughs) he's making a little heart sign with his fingers right yeah Yeah. so so the story you just told about the the window and the the picture and the whole that's in a book isn't that in a book what's the name of the book that's right it's uh, called God in the window God in the window that's right because when you were telling it in the middle of it I was like, I know this story. Yes. I read that somewhere. I know this. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I know this. So, okay, so you were talking about uh, Truvine Ministries, and so with all uh, uh, inspired, talk, so talk a little bit about Truvine. You said yes. you stopped 
local ministry to do Truvine? Or? Yes. So I served as a minister of education okay. at Second Baptist Jacksonville. And in that time when I was serving there on staff, my home church, Second Conway, invited me to come and speak at their women's event. Gotcha. And that was the first time that I spoke at a live women's event, which I love that it was my home church. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and yeah. so I never intended, remember, you know, how I like to be in control. I never intended <laughs> for this to really take off in a sense. And so I spoke at that first, you know, event and then word of mouth. That's the thing about Arkansas. It mm-hmm. is such a small place, which is a blessing. Very relational very state. relational state that's right and so I didn't have to put a word out I didn't have to market I didn't have to do any of those things because you know somebody who would be at the event would call their friend who had a women's ministry and it would just it was a trickle effect it was just a domino effect and so here's how it went the first year I hosted or led or spoke at three events the next year seven events the next year 21 events uh, it just it just was exponential yeah, hey, growth. I, I remember yes, all that. it was crazy yeah it was crazy, and I cannot tell you the role that Arkansas Baptist played in that. Um, the leadership here absolutely caught the vision very early on, mm-hmm. and they were forerunners for me. So they yeah. would have me come in and speak at leadership events. It was really kind of a new thing, yeah. you know, for us to do here at the state convention for me to come in and do discipleship material at our leadership events. And so all of that, all, True Vine Ministry has very much been birthed right here in Arkansas and very much connected to Arkansas Baptist. Yeah. And so wow. I love that I get to serve here, yeah. serve the women of Arkansas. And, and here's the thing. I don't ever have to choose between the ministries. God has provided lanes for me to do both. And they complement yeah. one another. Yeah. Well, it's it's all kind of evolved in, in, into this kind of big thing where it's, it's discipleship studies, it's a conference, mm-hmm. it's a podcast, all of them interrelated, all of them uh, maximizing your, your gifts and calling there. And uh, Andrea has always loved this when I've called her this, but I've always called her Arkansas's Beth Moore. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not, even though Beth Moore is from Arkansas. I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I'm yeah. just not going to. You ahead. are worse than he is. No, <laughs> no. Yes, you are. Yes, I'm not. You are. I'm not. I will say that she has inspired me. Oh, and man. we'll talk about inspiring in a second. Yeah. But she has inspired me to do something that I was supposed to do, man, 2006. Yes. That I yes. finally did and, and could getting ready to do it again, too. So it was, I love that. Yeah, it was uh, for real. So speaking of, so where did Inspire come from? Okay, yeah. so, absolutely. So Truvine so, so was the ministry that basically handled the requests that were coming that you couldn't do under the local church. Right. So let me just <laughs> I'm like, let me just try to explain it the best that I understand it. So Trevon Ministry is my ministry. Exactly. Uh, it is okay. I'm the founder, author, speaker of Trevon Ministry. Right. Uh, it is completely separate from the work that I do at Arkansas Baptist. Right. All right. So it's almost like thinking of two different lanes. With Trevon, the purpose of Trevon is to encourage women to know the truth, live the truth, share the truth. Okay. Everything is it's it's Bible teaching. Mm. It's it's application of God's word to our everyday lives. It's learning how to abide in Christ. It's learning how to live that victorious life in Christ. And so in the True Vine lane, I do speaking events, live events. So conferences, retreats, special events. And that's the that's the platform of Truvine is that gotcha. it is a speaking uh, platform ministry. So I love to go. I love to teach a live crowd. I, all those things that I said I would never do now yeah. are my favorite yeah, things, right? Like yeah. we're all tracking with that. God has a way of doing that. that yeah. That's right. <laughs> you ain't so, playing the Jesus game no more. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. No, thank you. So in, a, in, in addition to the speaking events, Truvine Ministry has written resources because I realized like, 
it's great to go and to equip these ladies uh, with with teaching the word, but if they're not taking anything home exactly. to actually get them into the word, then it's a missed opportunity. So yeah. I've written four Bible studies and books, um, Reflecting His Glory, Free to Thrive, On the Road with Ruth, and God in the Window. And all of this, God has just led every single step of the way. I still, to this day, have no idea what I'm doing. God just shows me the next step. And I think that's an encouragement for all of us in ministry. Uh, we absolutely. do not have to have this figured out. We're go. not going to have it figured out. We no. just have to know the and next step. And we can't step. control it. That's, that's right. right. Just, yeah. That's no right. And also I have a radio program uh, with True Vine Ministry. Now, when God opened the door for me to join the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, I came on as the women's ministry specialist. And that particular ministry, what I focus on there is leadership development, uh, consultation in the churches, helping churches know what women's ministry is and how it should function in the local church. We host events for the women of Arkansas, and that's where Inspire comes in. Gotcha. So that's under the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. It is a statewide conference uh, that has been going on for five years now. Uh, exponential growth. The yeah. first year, 200. Oh the next year, 300. We sold out at 900 yep. last year. We're going to anticipate selling out at 1,000 next year. Man. It's designed for women of all ages and stages of life. Uh, we do practical teaching. We want Bible teaching. We want worship. Uh, and we want women to connect with one another yeah. and so it's it's one day but it's a powerful day and what we try to do as we host inspire is to show women's ministry groups and women in general what it looks like to actually live the word out yeah like we yeah. want them to truly apply the word to their everyday life and yeah. so uh, we have a model uh, at the arkansas baptist state convention that's based on the new testament principles so we want women to worship grow connect serve and share together so when they worship and grow and connect serve, share together, then they're living out that full, free, abundant life. Yeah, yeah. And so we want them to think in terms of, of both biblically and strategically as they host women's ministry events, but also as they live in just biblical community with one another. So I, I don't know. I hope that clears that yeah, up. Yeah, you know. Here, here's a piece that I want to ask. So with all of those things going on, what do you see? I mean, what what do you want that to do or grow? I mean, because I know you can probably say that's never, you never thought it would get to that point right. or where it is now. What's, I mean, what do you want to see that go or explode to or mushroom into? Yeah. Well, obviously we want uh, a couple of, I'll just tell you how we define a win. You know, how would, how do we define a win in women's ministry? Taking over the world. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Who runs the world? Girls. No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no. Yes. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Thank well, you for the opportunity, yeah. but no. Well, I heard Tara screech. <laughs> nope. Let's uh, yeah. change direction. Yeah. I think Neil and I got the side eye. Yeah, on that's that one. right. Man, yeah, no. I didn't know you could do that to two people at the same time. People are looking at me with great sympathy right now in our audience. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're like that. Poor okay, so girl. I'm going to take over right now to redeem this conversation. <laughs> The first thing is salvation. We want yeah. to see women coming to faith yeah. in Christ. Gotcha. Yeah. Big scale, small scale, every scale. Yeah. Women yeah. coming to faith in Christ. We truly believe that homes and churches will be impacted by the gospel as women encounter Christ. Yeah. And so salvations, uh, sanctification, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people growing in their love relationship with Jesus Christ, applying the word of God to their lives. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously I'm going to use a word that I want to explain because we want women to be empowered to live out the callings that they have, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, not empowered in the sense of how the world would in define empowerment, yeah. but spirit empowerment, yeah. you yeah. know, and in 
in that process, they'll be equipped and they'll be walking out their callings, you know, in their home, in their churches, in their communities, in the nation and in the world. So we believe that the work we're doing is very gospel centered. We, we, we believe that we wouldn't be doing it if, if it wasn't. And also has the potential to change the the, the direction of our culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're, we have big plans. We yeah. have big goals, you yeah. know, and so what does that look like? We're probably going to have to multiply Inspire. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. We're probably going to have to multiply it across yeah. the state. And we do have some plans, but I can't really talk about those at this point. Secrets. Secrets. G14 class you know, But here's the thing. <laughs> I'm just raising my hand because I'm going to keep talking. Uh, <laughs> I'm just keep on. Here's the thing. As we move into 2020, that we would have a a God-sized vision and focus for life. Like, yeah. imagine if our churches really got centered down on a God-sized vision. Yeah. You know, what does it look like, you know, to live out the full, free, abundant life? What does it look like uh, to have more than what we could ask or imagine? What does it What does it mm. look like to have a deep faith? Mm. What does it look like to dream big for the glory of God? What does it look like to sacrifice at a level we've never sacrificed? Yeah. Like, imagine if our churches caught that vision, and yeah, I believe that's man. what's happening. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I could go all day on this, but yeah. like the stakes are so high. Yeah. When you yeah. see what's happening in our culture, when you yep. see what's happening in our world, when you see what's happening in our churches yeah. and in our homes, like yeah. we we've got to armor up. Yep. You yeah. know, and we've got to get in there and we've got to be all in when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I right. say this all the time and then you just put your hand up when you want me to stop. No. <laughs> Can I do this last one? Yes. <laughs> it's so serious to me. We have a movement. And it's called the gospel. Right. Yeah. We should give our lives to the gospel yep. movement. Yep. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yep. And that movement, it calls us to die every single day yeah. to ourselves, yeah. to the safe and comfortable places, to control. Yeah. If we will do that, if we will leverage our lives to put our yes on the table, not just in word, but in deed, mm-hmm. God is already at work because that's not anything we can manufacture. Yep. So I'm excited as we move into 2020. Girl, that's you got fire. Word. Okay. <laughs> fire. For, I wish you guys could see oh, the burning God. passion in her eyes as she's talking. For real. We're going to have Facebook Live. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got, got I got nothing after that. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, me either, because yeah. I'm like, uh, question 37 yeah. says, uh, so, uh, what's the movement? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but that's a good word, though. You said we have a movement. We have that's a right. movement. And it's the it's gospel. It's the gospel of that, Jesus Christ. That, I'm, I'm stuck on that one. Cause, hey, cause, let, me, let me just say this, too. One of, the, one of the distinctives, I think, about Southern Baptists, that, that we still honor pretty well to this day, it, women have always led out in mission yeah. in, in SBC. I mean... Name an offering that's named after a dude. <laughs> yeah. There ain't one. Yes, yeah. right. and, yeah. uh, and so, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, always kind of taking the lead on that. Always been willing to to jump out there. And, and, and thank you, Lord, for raising up people where the gospel is the center yes. of, of what drives yes. them. Yes. And, yes. and the passion behind them. And so... So church planners, you you got to get in touch with Andrea and and let her come and, and talk about how to mobilize your women and equip your women in your church and and otherwise it's just just half of you doing things and it just doesn't work. Everybody should get to play. Right. Everybody has a part to play. That's right. And, and Everybody to needs play. to play. Yes. And so uh, let's, let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about because you coach and interact with pastors' wives mm-hmm. and engaging more and more with planners' wives all over the state. 
And, and I know with my own wife, and I think you know, Neil would echo this with, with Aaron as well, I, pastors-wise, planners-wise can be a very lonely and isolated yes. oh place to be. Yeah. And, and so, you know, over the last several years, I've become very cognizant of that because my wife has told me. And sometimes we're a little dense and need a little help. A little. And so, yeah, I'm a whole lot. Yeah, I'm a I'm man. Just I'm just as much as you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew you were dumb. Yeah. I, it took Thanks. me a while to figure it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so talk about, for planters, talk about some things they can do now to care for their wives. For our churches, for yes. our church plants, yeah. how can you care for, for your pastor and your pastor's wives well? Yes. Well, so that doesn't happen. I, I, so many thoughts, and you're right that I do have the opportunity to invest in the minister's wives and yeah. the planter's wives here in Arkansas. So through that process, I've actually gotten to know them, which I think makes this question much easier for me, yeah. and to know their stories and to hear the expectations sometimes that they feel are placed on them. And so the first thing I think that the planter can do is to protect their wife. Yes. Like just be a safe refuge and not another person who places more expectations on them than what they can actually fulfill and still have a healthy, balanced life. Now, I would say that is something we need to do for one another. That's oh, a one yeah. another oh, yeah. that yeah. we have to start to Everybody. live out and hold each other accountable for. Uh, so I would say for the planter, I would say protect your wife, protect your family, and really, really value them. And what I would say for the actual church, and, and I think this is for the, the planting church as well as for the established churches, when you see the, the past wife, when you see the minister's wife, see them as a person, not as a role oh, with a Preach. list of responsibilities, Preach, you know, man. and that's just huge. Like if you will oh, see them as a person, then that's actually going to solve so many of the problems that we see in the situation of loneliness and isolation. And then also just the feeling that sometimes they feel like they have to be someone that they're not, yep. Yep. which naturally puts the wall up yep. and puts you into a place where you have to perform which is not a good thing ever, right. okay, and ever. You, and you know what? And sometimes even in the African-American church, we've set people up to fail yeah. because we don't call them by their names. Yes. In a lot of African-American churches, they're called the first lady. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. then it's, you know, it's this unrealistic expectation that they have to continue to live up to. Yeah. This lady came up to Aaron and she says, oh, are you the first lady? She says, no, I'm Aaron. What's your name? Yeah. I love that. I love your wife, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Yeah. She is, drink the same kind of water. We do. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. for real. Well, but no, and she, you have to be intentional, yeah. and she's teaching that to the yeah. culture of the church. Yeah. Yes. Well, and Christy, you know, my wife, one of the things she struggled with as a pastor's wife was were expectations that were placed on her that she she can't live up to. She can't yeah. fulfill. She doesn't play the piano. She's yeah, a massive go. introvert. Now, she loves people, and once you get to know her, she's the life of the party. But she, she, around a lot of strangers, I mean, she, she shrinks to the background. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant organizer, brilliant planner, has a huge mission heart. I mean, that's what drives her is one of the most merciful and compassionate people I've ever been around. And, and so there, God has gifted her and created her for a lane to run in. And so many times there have been others trying to put her in a lane that she's not wired for. And so I, I just want to say to all our planners and pastors out there, stop. 
stop doing that. Please. Churches, stop doing yeah. that. Yeah. God has wired each of us differently with different passions, different gifts, and we need all of them coming together to be the church that he's called us to be. Yeah. And find out what your pastor's wife's lane is and let her run. Yes. That's yes. it. And so. And when you, rec- when you recognize that unique gifting, it frees her up oh to be goodness. who God has created her to be. Yeah. So here's the thing. You get the best version of Absolutely. her. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so we've just got to stop. We've got to stop kind of cookie cuttering, cookie cutting anybody yeah. for that yeah. for that matter, but specifically our pastor's wives, our ministry wives. we got to yeah. let them be who they are and celebrate that. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. if we believe the word of God is true, and we do, yeah. we yeah. believe it, then we're the body of Christ, That's and right. God has fitted us together and formed us and fashioned us together. So if we're asking her to be someone that we're not, we're actually going against God's plan. That's right. And so it's very biblical. Yep. Everything is is very connected. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's, yeah. that's, I, I, those are my two things. Oh yeah. 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 Well, and you and I've talked about, you know, trying to learn how to uh, care for our planners wives, you know, better. And, uh, you know, being a pastor's wife in an established church, pastor and a pastor's wife in an established church is difficult. It, with with planters, they, they don't have a larger group of people right. to cling to. Right. There's, there aren't systems in place. There aren't structures in place. You're, you're having to do everything. Yeah. And so you're on the go constantly. You're constantly on. You're constantly creating, constantly connecting. And, and it can, boy, it can be a draining, draining place. And yeah. so finding ways to help them rest, finding ways to, to help them Sabbath with their families, uh, you know, finding ways to do soul care for yeah. for them as well, and, and not just for the planter, but for the wife as well, because yeah. uh, they the, the wives are just as much planters as yes. the guys are. And, would you Would you say? Don't forget what you're going to say. Yeah. Would Would you say the health of the wife reflects in the health of the hut, the oh. planter, and the health of the church? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because you know, you absolutely. we always talk about the healthy pastor or whatever. But if my wife is not healthy, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it ain't, this ain't in the Bible, but but this is the Bible we believe. If mom ain't happy, ain't, ain't nobody, nobody happy. happy. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and, but, but there's, I mean, there's something to that. Yeah. If she's not okay, then we're not okay. Right. Which means what we lead is not okay. Yes. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's Go right. Ahead, and I was just going to say for anybody out there who's listening that maybe you feel down because you've gotten some things wrong, just know God's grace is sufficient. Hit the reset yep. button. Take a breath. Today's just the reset button. Yep. I have to reset all the time. All the time. I am a type A driver i take on more things than i should yep. dave Testify. you know you know yes. Neil, y'all, you know. y'all, y'all yeah. get along no 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 i'm type b i just watch y'all <laughs> so I, go take a nap. I have to hit the reset button yeah. i just have to go and and there's grace in all of that and god's so good just to help us see our areas of weakness so that we can reset yeah. so don't get down about it yeah. Yeah. just hit yeah. reset and get some accountability in your life and and move forward yeah yeah that's good. Hey, let's do one more question. Why don't you ask number five there? Okay. Do one more question uh, before we do so, rapid yeah, fire. So, so advice. What, what would advice would you give to, the, you know, here, here's the new thing. Young women responding to call in ministry and based on the culture and that's everything not a that's new going thing. on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> people, I could say a lot of stuff right there, but I'm yeah, not. Good. But what advice would you give to young women that are yeah. struggling with that, that call in ministry? Well, I just wrote one full page of yeah. things. Yeah, there you so go. are I y'all see. encouraged by this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm she, a little bit of an overachiever. The, the yeah. first one that ever comes with notes. <laughs> and, and on a clipboard. That's right. That's right. Hey, and I got your questions last night like at 10 o'clock. I know so it. I know let's it. just be and honest. She still has notes. Still 
clipboards. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to keep moving. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I would say to anyone is respond in obedience and faith. Yeah. Like, simple, trust yeah. and obey, right? Just, okay, Lord, yes. Okay, yes, I, I will walk in faith. Yes, I will walk in obedience. And don't don't run like I did. Don't be difficult to deal with. Poor, yeah. poor, poor me in that situation. Yeah. Oh, so many years of complication that I could have avoided, but I'm actually thankful for today. And then the next thing I, is get involved in the local church. Find yeah. a place to get involved. That's, That's real and, good. and really get your, your teeth into ministry. And we have a ton of church planners that would oh, say, man. please oh, come help hallelujah. me. We can come help me. Right now. Right? For real. And right then the, now. the next thing is get your education. Uh, my education has opened up incredible doors of opportunity. So don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of a seminary degree. Don't be afraid of a Bible degree. You don't have to have that. Right. Then there's so many uh, different ways to go about getting education at this yeah. point. But but get something. Yeah. Get something. Be educated. Be committed to it at that level. And it will uh, help you. My education, my degree from seminary, I'll tell you the most important thing that I obtained from that was the realization that I was going to have to be a lifelong learner. I did not know anything, right? I did not know anything. Uh, And so I learned through seminary how much I didn't know so that I could commit myself to continual learning process. So get your education. And then I would just say, like, do not give up. Like, you've just, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to be really hard. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. uh, There's going to be all kinds of different seasons where you think I've got victory and seasons of defeat. But if you will leverage your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will look back at the end of your life and and know and know it was worth it. You always win. You always win. And uh, one thing, and I'll I'll finish with this. One thing that I often say to women, and I'll remind myself, is in God's economy, a surrendered life has so much potential. Mm. We look at our life mm. and we define or determine potential based upon maybe resources or skills or giftings or you know. Uh, education, all those different things, which are important. But at the end of the day, a surrendered life has the potential to be a life leveraged for the gospel where the legacy is not yourself, but rather the faith that you live out. So cling to Jesus and you be all in when it comes to the gospel call. Yeah. Yeah. At a preach. At a preach. Yeah. I think it just did. I think it did. You know, I just just wish you guys could see the hand motions and the head head (laughs) kicking. I mean, I love Andrea because she's so animated, so passionate. She's preaching, And I'm the same way. People make fun of me all the time. Yeah, you're one to talk over here, Dave. You want to mute Dave, put him in handcuffs. (laughs) Nothing will come out of his mouth. I cannot talk without my hands. I'm going to tell you what is so funny to watch and so funny to listen to is that this is the first time I've seen. So two hosts or three, I'm a half a host. So to watch a host interview another host is funny because there are no pauses. It's like you'll say something, and before you finish, Andrew goes, hands up, wait a minute, let me just tell you this. This is is hard and cool, and I hope it translates into energy over the podcast. This is going to be the number two podcast of ever on the grind. This may be number 99 with Inspired, like at the bottom, nobody. But with the grind, people are going to, I'm telling you, this is going to be on repeat. 
Yeah, for a long oh, time. I agree. It's I agree. Be good stuff. I agree. Yeah. All right, we can't let you get out of here okay. without doing our rapid fire. There you go. That was on the list, and that made me nervous. <laughs> yeah. Good. You, you didn't know what rapid be. fire was. Did you? Well, yeah. I, I had a feeling yeah. that yeah. I might, maybe I know, but it means lack of control to me. That's so. right. And there I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Did I love you it. tell her about the water gun? No. Oh, okay. No. no. Gotcha. Bobby Thomas has got that. Yeah. That's right. He does. Yeah. All right. So these are five questions. One oh. of them will combine, two of them will combine into one, but uh, five questions, rapid fire answers, not a slow walk. You know, we tell everybody, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy Swart, our first podcast, you know, rapid fire turned into about a 30 minute segment. <laughs> so, so we had to clarify, this is quick, short answers, but, uh, all have right. you seen my clipboard? <laughs> I have, I have. Yeah. yeah. When we asked one piece of advice, there's a whole page of notes. That's right. And I thought one piece, huh? <laughs> yeah. so, oh, you get more than you pay that's for. Right, that's right. Okay. So here we go. All right. Rapid fire. Okay. Uh, top one or two books that have had the most impact on you. Oh, um, I am not, but I know I am by Louis Giglio. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. So powerful. Okay. So powerful. Um, that one, and can I, I don't know, should I be churchy and say the Bible, but truly, truly, yeah. truly, truly, <laughs> like the, I would not be here today without the word of God. That's I'm, good. It, it is every day. We, we've every had a day. couple of other smart Alex answer with the Bible. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Actually, that would be 66. <laughs> yeah. It's what's, uh, yeah, I'm just absolutely. saying. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Greatest yeah. strength, greatest weakness in ministry. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Greatest strength. I, I, I'm very passionate about yeah. ministry. I'm I truly, truly passionate. Like, I really, really, really love Jesus. I really, really, really want people to know Jesus. I really, really, really will give my life uh, for individuals to just hear the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. So I think that's a strength and I'm so thankful that's a gift from God. Uh, weakness, I would say uh, so, so many. I love to be in control. I love to stay in the safe and comfortable places. When it comes to leadership, I run fast and I usually outpace the people that I'm leading. So I have to be very careful about that. Not because not because of them, but because of me, because I'm just like two or three steps ahead. And so I forget to slow down and bring people along in the vision casting process so that I can hear from them and raise up other leaders. I have to keep a really close eye on that uh, just because I'm always on the go. And we both share the weakness of inability to say no to things. Word. <laughs> yeah. Word. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite pastime or hobby? Okay. I really like to shop. I know this is, this is a guy's thing and that I'm is so sorry. So shocking. I'm that so sorry. Right there. I love to just even if I'm not looking for anything, just to go by myself. Uh, yeah. By that's myself. A key. That's yes. a key. And my just, wife the same way. Just it, I, I I just love that. She doesn't buy anything half the time. She just wants to go yeah. and have some decompression time and just walk around yeah. and look at stuff. A really? lot of times my husband will ask, Hey do you want me to go with you? And I'm like no. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Do you want, so I'll throw Jay, it back to a question. Jay, let me just tell you, the answer is no. <laughs> That's right. right. So I'll just go, "Do you want me to go?" and then I'll go, "Do you want me to want to go?" Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's a real man right there. Yes. That's a real yeah, my man. My wife has a twice a year, she and her best friend growing up get together in Memphis. Her friend lives in Nashville. They get together in Memphis for a girls shopping trip and Karen's husband said well why don't why don't Dave and I go with you guys as well and Karen's like no this is mine and Christy's time you're not coming you're not yes. coming so, there you yeah. go. so one of these days Michael and I are going to figure out a way to trick them and we're going to show up oh, anyway I'm going to tell her <laughs> you're not safe with me Dave. I know it I know it that's scary okay uh, favorite movie oh favorite movie 
Oh. If you say the notebook, I'm gonna throw my earphones yeah. down. If you say Braveheart, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, die. Don't go wrong. I will fall. Let out. me say this. Okay. I love anything that's based on a true story. Okay. I love anything based on a true story. So like The Blind Side. I, I love knew sports. Okay. I, knew I love sports. Yep. I just love sports. Uh, I grew up with Brandon Burlesworth, and uh-huh. so the movie yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. about yeah. his life. Yeah. Uh, very very powerful, and so uh, I, I would say a sports movie uh, based on a true story. Yeah. Every single time. Good. Awesome. That's that connecting That's to good. your audience. That is. That hey is. Look at you. She did her research. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite band or musician? Ooh. Okay. So uh, I like Chris Tomlin. Yep. You know, I really do. And I just anything praise and worship. Quite honestly, what do I listen to the most? Usually is whatever is playing on the radio. Yeah. So I wish you'd have said Metallica. <laughs> Melon. Oh, that oh, would have been awesome. That would, yeah. That, you would. He would have cried. I should have just to <laughs> just, just to throw you off. my heart. Uh, <laughs> I like Petra. Petra. That would have been more along the lines. Hey, Dave. I hate to tell you this, but I. I've, I've not really ever listened to any kind of um, secular music. Uh, well, like, even, like even okay. country. It's not, okay. My kids that's listen to it thing. now. They Your listen kids to it listen now. To country? Yeah. They do listen to country music. Your kids yeah. are going to heaven. Oh, they are? Yeah, because well. they listen to country. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm so glad that we've talked yeah. about the gospel this entire yeah. time. Well, yeah, that, that's just, music yeah. what sealed the deal. That yes. sealed the deal yeah. right there. Yeah. I was having a problem earlier, but when you said country, You're all you in. got Neil Scoggins' attention oh, right that's there. That's great. That's yeah. great. Do, can you bring Andrea her brush back? <laughs> help us. Help well, we us. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. Hey, this has been fun. Thank you so much it for really coming has, on, hanging yeah. out with us. All the Inspire on the Go ladies, we're sorry. You know, yeah, we, we tainted you your podcast uh, with, with mine and Neil's presence. So it's been maybe, great. Maybe you'll get a chance to laugh at the two goofy guys and the awesome Man. lady in the middle. So. No, for real. But in all seriousness, I, I say this to you all the time in private. You are one of my favorite people. Absolutely. You inspire me a yep. lot. Yep. And I Absolutely. Just, I, I just want to get to know you so that, you know, when you blow up, then I can say I, I know her. When she blows up, it's yeah. already blown no, 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 no. The, the you haven't stable. seen blowed up yet. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be yeah. blowed up. So planters, uh, wives, you guys have got to connect with Andrea. Yeah. You, you, you need to know her. You need to, to be a part of what she's doing and let her help you as you encourage your ladies in your church and, and equip and mobilize for ministry. Uh, I promise you, you won't regret it. Can I give a couple of resources? Yes, Just you can. Just ways Absolutely. to connect with me. Uh, if you want to visit the True Vine Ministry website, which we have tons of free resources there, it's andrealinnanministry.org. Okay. Uh, all the social media links are on there. If you want to connect with what we're doing here through the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, visit our website, absc.org slash women. Mm-hmm. You can also email me at alinnan at absc.org. We can put all that in Spell the show. Lennon for everybody. Lennon, L-E-N-N-O-N. All right. All right. There you go. There's Boom. your connects. That's it. Take advantage of them. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much. All right. See you guys next time on The Grind. That's all for this episode of The Grind. Make sure to sign up for The Grind email newsletter for all the latest news, articles, and book recommendations by going to absc.org slash thegrindnewsletter. If you like what you hear, rate and review us, and make sure to share this episode with your friends. Until next time. Keep grinding.